Welcome back to the Act 2 podcast, a podcast for the, uh-oh, for the real-life working screenwriter. Mm. I completely lost what I was going to say. I'm Tashi Hugh. And I am Josh Hallman. And Act 2 is a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This podcast is just one of the many things that we do, so thank you for joining us here. We have some really killer interviews coming up, so definitely subscribe so you don't miss out on those. Or if you're not into that thing, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Act 2 Writers for those updates. And if you have a burning topic that you would like us to discuss, or you've listened to other episodes and have questions about things that came up, please feel free to reach out to us at act2writers at gmail.com, which is all spelled out. Um, I'm also on all the things. I'm on Instagram at Story Thursday or Twitter at Tasha 3.0. And I'm Instagram at Josh Hallman, Twitter Joshua Hallman. Do you have a This Week in Writing, Joshua? I kind of do. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Well, this is, I just want to tell you that today um, I was doing some writing. I was trying to break this one couple scenes and you know when you just kind of drift off into thought you're just like staring off into the distance thinking like every time yeah yeah every time well I was like I need some water I, I can't think when I'm like dehydrated <laughs> so I went inside I grabbed some water and I just stood there staring and I realized <laughs> that I had been eating pretzels for 12 straight <laughs> minutes and I just like looked down at my hands and my myself and I was like what is this life? Like, what am I doing? I just ran back out here and then didn't finish the scene. I just wanted to talk about it. <laughs> That's it. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> I did actually have a good I, I, I don't I don't quite have moments like that, though. I can empathize with like disappearing like that for a period of time, <laughs> like losing time. For me, it's like, I can't do basic things in my life. Like I had to go to Lowe's today to pick something up for our place. And like, that was a huge deal. Like I've had to do this for a week and just like have not been able to find time, which any other normal person would be like, of course there's time. You have 20 minutes to go do this thing. And I'm like, no, there's no, there's not that 20 minutes. Like, cause here's the thing. And I'm going to justify this for a second. Yeah. Cause if you take yourself out of writing, even for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, it takes like a good hour to rev yourself back up to get back into writing because yeah. you're in the space where you disappear and eat pretzels for 12 minutes. So to pull yourself out and come back into that space, forget about it. No, I, I'm completely I, with I you. I just randomed. Okay. No, sorry. not random at all. I actually am the exact same way. I had a cabinet door fall off and someone was like, you need to get some wood glue and clamps. And I was like, uh -huh. okay, there's like an Ace Hardware store five seconds down my street. And I was like, oh, I don't have time to go there. So <laughs> I, I ended up ordering from Amazon. It took like three days to get here. <laughs> when I could have just gone right down the street. But you know what? Yeah. It saved me. But I yeah, the, the writing flow is very important. So I don't know what that this week in writing was, but that was mine. That's a good one. Yeah. Did you have an additional one? Yeah, actually, I, I did sort of have a, have a real one. Okay. This is actually just more of a reminder from some past podcasting th things. So it's like a this Ooh, okay. weekend reminding. You had sent me an article. It was kind of circulating at the end of 2021. It was written by Cody Day. And it was basically my 2021 as a working screenwriter. and. Cody had written out her months of, I pitched on this, I pitched on that, I pitched on all these different things, and it was really great, and it was really raw and really honest. And what was really interesting about it is that when it concluded, it was basically like 
the way that I interpreted it was she wasn't sure, it, not that it wasn't worth it, but hmm. she didn't really have much to show for it. Like she hadn't written a spec. She hadn't done something tangible that you could have. And it made me think of something you had talked about before over like that one year you were just pitching and pitching and pitching. And it just got me thinking about how important it is to write your own material. So you always have something to show for all of your hard work. Yeah. That's a really great reminder. That's all. We'll try to remember to put that link in the podcast description. I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing today, Tasha? Wait, what's are your other done? one? Don't you have no, another one? No, it was about the pretzels and uh, the uh... <laughs> <laughs> and Cody and, and Cody and Cody. Yeah, so those were yeah. my two. All right. Well, then today we are doing part four of our pitching is terrible series, where we are talking about how to pitch on a rewrite and what that means. And really, this came up because a friend of ours pitched on a rewrite recently. And it reminded us of like all the pitfalls that can happen when you pitch a rewrite. And it reminded me <laughs> of my like PTSD from all the mistakes I've made while pitching for rewrites. And I thought, hey, might as well talk about all the mistakes that I've made so that no one else has to make them. Wow. That is so generous of you. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it. We'd be lost. The world would be lost. <laughs> oh, man. Now I'm just going to sign off. <laughs> no, I mean it. I, I honestly I came off the came off wrong. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's get let's get into it. All right. <laughs> so what are we talking about when we say rewrite? We are talking about an existing script from another writer whose dreams have ended and you are now fulfilling your dream by picking up the pieces of their broken dream and <laughs> making them your own. I got you. Thank you for part of your dream. Thank you for your dream. It is mine now. <laughs> so how did we get to this point? The producer or the studio executive has more than likely paid money to buy an original script from someone who wrote it with their hopes and dreams. Most likely they gave that person a rewrite step because usually that's built in. If your lawyer or your agent is good, it's built into your deal if you sell your original script. So this writer may, might have done a rewrite step, which they also this studio also spent money on, but the original writer just couldn't get that script to be green light ready. And so now the exec has to spend more money to keep this movie going. Another version of what this could look like is that the producer or studio exec has paid money to several writers to work mm -hmm. on a script. Maybe it's based on IP that the exec owns, like a book or a video game or manga, manga, <laughs> and <laughs> sorry. And they've paid several writers before you to try to adapt this thing into a movie that they can shoot and everyone has failed. And it's possible that it has taken years years for this existing script to finally make its way into your hands. And I have had submissions come to me that have been in development for like 10 years before it's actually come across my desk as an open writing assignment. So that means that there is years or at the very least months of backstory to this project 
before it comes to you, which means there have been tons of ideas that the producers and other writers have tried that have not worked for one reason or another. And now they're turning to you, their potential savior. And your job is now to prove to them that the money they've spent so far is not wasted because you are going to give this script new life and make it ready to shoot. And that's really your job in a rewrite pitch is to get them re-excited about what this project is and can be to convince them to make the hard choice to spend even more money on this thing. Man, I was just thinking about how, how terrible it feels from a producer's point of view to have this project you're so excited about and you go through all the different iterations of it with the original writer and only to see it not amount to what it could be, if yeah. that makes sense, where you're like, God damn it. I thought this was going to be something else. And then it just goes away. But lo and behold, there's someone waiting who's going to rewrite this thing and make it great. Yeah, I bet you get so excited about this That's person. True. So as a writer, knowing all of this before you go into your rewrite is incredibly important, that this is potentially the backstory of this project. So now that you know all that, let's kind of start at the beginning, which is you get the call, you have your initial meeting on this project, what do you do? I would say, because there's been all of this backstory, the first thing you want to do is talk to the exec about what that backstory is, right? You can say something like, hey, can you tell me what's been working for you and what's not been working for you over this process? Like, am I cool to set this thing on Mars or have you guys already tried that and it hasn't worked? And you can even say that, like make a kind of joke out of it. You just want to kind of find out and probe from them what paths they've already taken that have not worked and what paths have really worked for them that they have really liked and that people have really responded to so that you know what to stay away from, and maybe what to lean into a little bit. Now, I will say usually you get responses that are kind of like, um, well, we tried to make the hero younger, but it just didn't work because it made the tone too young. Or we tried to start this movie at what's currently the midpoint, but it just felt like we couldn't fall in love with our hero enough. So you'll get these little clues. And if you can interpret them, you can kind of understand what paths have been tread so that you don't fall into the same pitfalls, basically. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Did it take you a while to figure out those questions? Oh, yeah. A long yeah. time. Uh, yeah, because I was nervous to ask them that question because I thought, well, they're not going to want to tell me the truth about yeah. what has failed and what hasn't. And I was also nervous because I didn't know, like, the legal repercussions of, hey, tell me what's worked so far, because if that's worked, like, I'll continue to use that or... <sighs> Like, I don't want to tread on old people's ground. I wanted to come mm -hmm. up with something new. Like, there were all these these things that I was afraid of. But now I just, I ask the questions because they've been in the trenches. They've seen it all at this point, And they're nothing but an ally to helping you get the job done, I think. Yeah, don't be afraid to ask the questions. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and they want you to succeed, right? Because as we talked about, there's this huge backstory. They're not just going out to people to rewrite this for the fun of it. They want you to succeed. So they're going to want to give you some some clues. Mm -hmm. um, the next big thing to remember when pitching a rewrite is, and this is what came up with our friend, is do not diss the old script. <laughs> <laughs> 
so our friend who re recently did this in the room where he said like he had this great pitch everyone loved it and then he started getting very casual with them right at the end because like they loved it so much and they started just kind of shooting the shit and he ended up kind of dissing the old script and making a joke about it and the exec suddenly got like real closed up right like there's a major mood shift that mm -hmm. our friend sensed in the room so don't do that have you ever done that yeah. before josh on accident like and then just the mood totally shifts in a meeting <laughs> you know what i have not i do have a quick origin story if you want to hear why i've never done this before oh please okay you're gonna like this so my wife is a casting director mm -hmm. and i would help her with auditions and i was one day reading in a room and someone had come in and this was like early on. I was like, I didn't really know. I was just trying to be like a happy helper here. And an actress had come in, done the audition. I was reading. There was a bunch of people in the room and there was this one kind of like higher up producer, whoever. And the actress had finished, had left. And I, I thought I saw a look that was kind of like, Oh, that was a weird audition. Like I, I just, I tried to read the room mm -hmm. and I read it incorrectly. And I said something about how like, yeah, that wasn't so great. Was it like way overstepped my boundary of like <laughs> something? Cause we had kind of become friendly and the person was like, Ooh, what the fuck are you talking about? I, I love that person. And it like, I just, that was the first time I was like, I will never shit on something or someone I, it was really rude i yeah. shouldn't have even told this story i should but i was just i was just trying to like be friendly in the room yeah i, I get it i can't talk about this no, i, I feel bad it. i could have never said it yeah don't do it don't, don't do, do it, it. <laughs> so any the point of that is story that i would definitely like cut that i can't even believe i said but the point of that story was uh i that was early on where i was like just know your place and never say anything negative about anybody. Yeah. Even if it's not, yeah. even even if you don't think it's negative, even if you're just kind of insinuating something that that was never. Yeah. I, I learned that. I think what's interesting is in those early stages, I sort of thought like a way to be fun and casual in the room was to communally mm -hmm. insult something, which is very weird. It's a, that's a very weird thing to think of like how to communicate and commune with people is fine yeah. something but i thought we're all in this we all know that this script sucks and needs to be rewritten let's just be open about that and that's not really what the conversation should be about at all because again backstory these people have been working on this for potentially years of their lives and they don't want to hear that their work in developing this has been for nothing and that you're making fun of it 100%. And that you just summed it up perfectly. There's that communal kind of like, oh, okay. But like, actually, it's just like, this didn't work, whatever, we're moving on, we're gonna make it better. Yeah. I sort of do the opposite now, where if the producer starts dissing the script, I'll, I'll be like, yeah, it's not that bad. Like, like, that can be changed. Like, don't like, don't worry. Like, I want to give them confidence that this thing isn't beyond repair. And that's that's part of it is is not insulting it. Um, but again, I used to do start all of my rewrites, pit, my rewrite pitches with like, these are all the things I don't like about this, and this is how I'm going to change it. <laughs> and that's just empty empty space. You don't have to do that. But again, I did this because of what I just said, but also because I thought that this would make me seem smart, like mm -hmm. I'm going to show the execs that I can pinpoint what's not working. And if I can point those things out, they're going to know that I have good instincts. Yeah. 
that's not really what shows you have good instincts. And we'll talk about later what to do so that you can show you have good instincts. But shitting on the script is not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I would also sometimes start my pitches with, here's a list of all the things I'm going to change. Which, why did I do that? That's also a waste of time. Because what you're about to pitch is going to illustrate and show what you're going to change. You don't need to tell them up front, these are the things I'm going to change. But I do see a lot of writers repeating that mistake that I used to make. And I just want to put a stopper in that. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Instead, a good place to start is actually by complimenting the old script. Even if you hated it, <laughs> find something complimentary. Like recently, I did not like a script that I was pitching on at all. But I talked about how I like the spirit of something that the previous writer did. And I mentioned, yes, I do want to elevate that spirit a bit more, um, but the spirit itself is really great and I want to lean into that. And you just turn it into a compliment and you turn it into a way to get into your pitch. And then you just pitch your movie. That's the way I think about it is you are just pitching it like it's an original and you're just telling a damn good story in the room. And that, when I learned to, to do that and stop kind of editorializing up front, that's when I did much better at my rewrite job pitches. Yeah. I, I just want to say, I think that's perfect because it feels like there might be a fear to compliment someone too much hmm. and which I think is an incorrect hmm. fear. Like if, you know, for instance, if I'm rewriting Tasha's script and I come in, oh, Tasha did great, 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 this, this, this. It's almost like I'm, I'm, I'm like, just go hire Tasha for this. Like, I, I don't know if that made any sense, but I really like the idea of, right. I really like her, the spirit she brought to this whole thing. Mm -hmm. The spirit. I'm stealing that. Yeah, the spirit. Because that's very vague. <laughs> yeah. Is, is a compliment too. I yeah. love the essence. <laughs> yeah, of few, exactly. Few exactly. Okay. Um, and so when I do pitch rewrites, sometimes I might break out and like break the fourth wall and say, oh, that sequence that's in the script, like that sequence that's set in a narrow alleyway, that action scene in the narrow alleyway, like that's really freaking cool. And I want to really lean into that, but ground it and do this to it instead. So I'll kind of pitch, I'll say that and then I'll pitch my version of the narrow alleyway action set piece. That way I'm not insulting the set piece that came before, but my changes as I pitch them, I'm going to pitch my changes to it. My changes are enough evidence to, for them to understand that, all right, I didn't think the set piece was perfect and here's how I'm going to make it better. But you don't have to say this action set piece in the alleyway. Whew, right guys? Like, like, what is it even doing here? Here's how you do it. And then, yeah. Yeah. Also, I'll say that we're going to have an episode later in the series that's about how to lead with emotions in your pitch, which would apply as well to rewrite pitches, but that's a whole other topic, so we're not going to do that. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter if <laughs> you want more information I'll, on that. <laughs> yeah, what a plug. Perfect. But sort of the next phase of this topic is what do you do when you get the job? Um, because there were a number of hurdles that I was completely unaware of and sideswiped by when I actually got a rewrite job. And I just don't want people to be shocked by them. So if you pitch on a rewrite and you get the job, you will be getting paid to do a rewrite. And I know that sounds obvious, but you could be pitching an entire page one rewrite of a script. You are keeping 
nothing. Like, fuck that narrow alleyway set piece. Nothing from the original script is making it in here. Maybe not even the character names. But because there is a pre-existing script that you are technically being hired to come in to rewrite, you will be getting paid a rewrite fee. Now, just to be extremely clear, you could do all of the same work that it requires to do an original page one rewrite, and the company will still only offer to pay you a rewrite fee. And that feels like they are not mm -hmm. respecting you. And they aren't. <laughs> because for perspective, the minimum fee to write an original feature-length screenplay, according to the WGA right now, which their latest schedule of minimums comes from October 2020, so the minimum WGA fee to write an original screenplay is $106,000, nope, $106,571. <laughs> and that's for a high-budget feature. If you're doing a low-budget feature, it's going to be $52,059. Again, that's the minimum that they can offer you for an original screenplay. The minimum WGA fee to do a rewrite on a screenplay is $38,759. So for the same work as potentially writing an original feature-length screenplay, you could be making $67,812 less to do the rewrite. But, of course, the reason we take these jobs, even if it doesn't feel totally fair, is because in our business, when we write an original feature-length screenplay, we may not sell it. It may not be a thing that goes anywhere, whereas a rewrite job, they're ready to hire someone, right? They're, mm -hmm. They had an open writing position specifically to hire someone for this job, and $38,759 for a rewrite is more than you had yesterday, and it pays your rent until you can get your next job. But I just want everyone to know what to expect when the offer comes in, because I was shocked when I was pitching page one rewrites on things and getting this really low number. So would you recommend not pitching a page one rewrite and just being like, you know, a few things need to change? I would not. I would <laughs> still suggest pitching with your whole soul, because at the end of the day, even if you're not getting paid a lot for this next job, it's enough to get you through a little bit. And it's a new yeah. amazing sample for you to use. If you just phone it in, it's no longer an amazing sample that you can use. Agreed. So you're getting paid to write a sample. That's not bad. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> of course, though, also want to mention your amazing lawyer and agents can negotiate a higher fee. That's just what the minimum is. They can negotiate a much higher fee but be prepared to fight for it. That's just what I want to flag. Another thing that I want everyone to know because it happened to me and it made me so angry <laughs> is you may not even know you're pitching on a rewrite until you get the offer. So please make sure you do your homework. <laughs> this happened to you? <laughs> happened to me. <sighs> I once pitched on something. <laughs> <laughs> this is an embarrassing story, but it's real. No. <laughs> I once pitched on something that came from a general. The producer had the seed of an idea, which was literally just a photo that inspired her. And she said, we want to do a movie about this. You remember what it was, right? I do. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the photo inspired me too. So like, cool. Yeah. I'm going to come up with a pitch. This sounds awesome. And it's with like this A-list director and his company. Like that's going to be amazing. And I got the job. And then when the offer came in, it was for a rewrite and they're not going to pay me as much as I expected. So like, you know, I was looking at my finances and expecting at least a minimum of, you know, that 50 something thousand. And I was, did not get that. And I was like, 
why? And they said, well, it's a rewrite. I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? I went home and invented this entire story off of a photo. Like, how is this a rewrite? And my agents got into it. And the answer came back from the producers that they actually had an underlying script. They actually hired a writer before to work on this same photo idea. And they never told me that they had another script. And when I asked to read it after finding out it was a rewrite, they said, oh, we don't want you to read it because it's so different that we don't want your version to get tainted. Wow. Yeah. So my agents were pissed. I was pissed. But at the end of the day, I needed rent money. (laughs) I needed my career to keep moving forward. This was a job at, at a legit company, which again is another lesson that legit companies will try to pull this kind of shit. And one way to avoid it is at the beginning of all of these pitches, before you do the work for the pitch, set your agents on the specific task of doing some investigation ahead of time to try and find out if there's any backstory to this. And you can tell them this story if you want to, that you heard from another writer that this happened. Like, just get them to do some digging because the producer is not going to tell you, but they will tell your agent because the agent can catch them in a lie and penalize them for it. <laughs> later on. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Another thing to think about if you get the rewrite job is that the standard writing period you are given to write an original screenplay, if I hired you, Josh, today to write an original, you would get 12 weeks to write this thing. Whereas the standard writing period for a rewrite is eight weeks. So I've also been in this situation where I pitched on a rewrite. It was going to be a page one rewrite. So basically an original script, 12 weeks of work, And the company wanted me to finish it in eight weeks. Mm. But I just found out this year (laughs) that your writing periods can also be negotiated. So your lawyer can actually negotiate for longer writing periods for you. So just be aware of it. So you know to ask that of your lawyer. Yeah, even like an extra day. (laughs) Just give me something, please. (laughs) Just give me a little more time, man. Yeah, it's rough. The last thing to really keep in mind if you get a rewrite job is that you will most likely be getting shared credit. And if you get shared credit on a movie, you will get paid less of a bonus if the movie goes into production and you will get less residuals. You'll just get less. And it's all, of course, negotiable when you go to make your deal, but it will still always be less than if you get sole credit. And you may one page rewrite the hell out of something but it will still be very hard for you to get sole writer on it if there is a previous writer. Also, something companies will try to do, and we can do a whole podcast on this where we bring in an entertainment lawyer, which is our plan in this year. We're going to bring an entertainment lawyer to talk about deals. But something that has happened to me before is there's this one company who said, yeah, sure, Tasha will get the credit bonus, no problem, but only if she's the last writer on the project. And for me, I'm like, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm going to be the last writer. I'm going to nail this job. It's going to be the best. They, why yeah. would they hire another writer? And my agents were like, okay, Tasha, well, your bonus for getting credit is great. We want you to have that. Let's just put a number to it. It's like $50,000 if you get credit on this movie. And usually it's actually more than that, which is crazy. But what the company can do is after you've turned in your draft, they can literally hire like their nephew or their neighbor to come in and do a pass for $10,000. Just a pass. They could like tweak a line of dialogue. 
for $10,000 and you are now out of that $50,000 that they promised you if you were the last writer in because technically their nephew is the last writer in. And the company oh. has now gotten away with not paying you $50,000. They just saved $40,000 right there. So it's something to pay attention to. Big companies will try it. Small companies will try it. Pay attention to it. That's it. That's all I got. That's my that's my spiel. <sighs> Listen, I knew that when we were going into this, I was like, Tasha's about to crush this. <laughs> I know this is so this is <laughs> this is like your like sweet spot. You know how you know this. This is you're the person I would come to for all of this. And I just sat here and I was like listening. I, I that was awesome. It's because pretty much every job I've ever gotten has been a rewrite job. So it's like, let's sit around the campfire and tell you all the horror stories from all of them. Because <laughs> you learn something new at each one, I feel like. I feel like they try something different with you at each one. Have you been rewritten? Oh, God. Not that I'm aware of. Not yet. Oh, that brings me to a final like addendum thing. So yeah. I am about to start a rewrite on something. And I have heard other writers talk about how they will reach out to the writer before them and be like, hey, just want you to know I've been hired um, for this next pass and you did a really great job. And is there anything I should know about like the process or the executives are working on, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't fully know what they say, that this is information I still need to get from people. But yeah. This is an etiquette thing to think about when you are embarking on a rewrite of someone, which in that one case, I didn't know there was a rewrite, so I couldn't reach out to the person. <laughs> um, but if you know that there's there's someone that you're going to be rewriting because their hopes and dreams are in this thing, um, it is proper etiquette to email them, reach out to them and just let them know. And they have the option of handling it poorly or you might make a new friend and ally in the process. Here's my dream. Is that we get a we get someone who either rewrites us or we have rewritten mm -hmm. on the podcast mm -hmm. and we talk about it. I love that idea. Or it's each other. Oh, what oh, a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Would that break up our friendship? No more active podcast. <laughs> no, that'd be awesome. That'd be so great. I'd love talking about that. That would be kind of great. <laughs> I'd be giving you notes. <laughs> Like, here's, here's what I think you should do on the rewrite. But yeah, this is very informative, Tasha. Thank you. Yeah. I hope everyone learns from my mistakes. <laughs> All right. Quote of the day. <laughs> In rewriting, what you have to be able to do is read a piece of material, say what's wrong with it, know how to say what's right with it, and then be able to do it yourself. That's really what it comes down to. Robert Town. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act Two Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha 3.0. And I'm Josh Hallman on Instagram, Joshua Hallman on Twitter. And as always, the Act Two podcast is a production of Act Two, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist, music by 414 Beg, which you can find on Spotify. Mm -hmm.